1: Good morning and welcome to A Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and today I'm joined by Laura Bradburn who makes her welcome return to A Celtic State of Mind and Kevin McCloskey dialing in all the way from Hungary. I am um, broadcasting from the Axon Bar. Yes, we do have a bar. And uh, maybe in the future, we'll broadcast a lot more often from here. Um, and Laura has informed me today that there's been a few issues over the last day or two on StreamYard. So if things aren't syncing up between the audio and the visuals, it's not an actual issue. And we will soldier on. Today, we are here to talk about our second game, second and final game of the Japanese Tour. It's Gamba Osaka. And the team lineup is out. We will run through that individually. Laura, what do you make of the lineup?
2: I mean, it's it's one of these situations, isn't it, where um, you know that um, regardless of what our manager says, he perhaps hasn't watched every single game since he left and he's obviously trying to... Are you doubting
1: Brendan Rodgers? Are you Listen... he's maybe embellished that a wee bit?
2: Listen, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I, I'm completely—I I wasn't on the show when when Brendan came back, and needless to say, I wasn't—I wasn't thrilled about it. But now that he's here, I'm—I'm I'm like, let's go whole hog, Lie to me, baby. That's—that's that's what I'm all about. <laughs> uh, so, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, uh, I'll take it on uh, with as big a pinch of salt as you want. But the—the the point, I guess, is I, I do think he's trying to figure out exactly what he's got at his disposal that's mm-hmm. that's the nature of what he's trying to do um i think it's probably a, a a bit of a factor in why we haven't signed as many players i don't i don't think he knows exactly what skills he's got at his disposal what players he's got what what he needs to improve on i think he'll have a much better idea after the game the other day um and he'll have a much better idea after today but as far as um as far as the the team goes, you get your standard pre season appearance from Stephen Welsh, um which seems to happen. Um, I'm glad to see Turnbull in there because as much as it, as much as I try and think rationally, there's the irrational bit of my brain that likes to think he's still got a future at Celtic. Um, Tamoki, I just now that he's got his new deal, I really want to see him cement a place in the team. Um, and as for the rest of the team, you know it's it's all players we know. We know very well, and we expect a lot from. So I'm I'm excited to see some of the changes that are in there, but also to to see them try and uh, really stamp their authority on on getting a place in the team for for the season proper.
1: I think that's a fair comment about Brendan Rodgers and the the aspect of patience. I mentioned yesterday, uh, Kevin McCluskey was on the show around the fact that it took him a wee while to get the the players in place, Uh, you know, last time around. And that that was even with uh, Champions League qualifiers as well. They used to come dead early in the pre-season. And when you look at the uh, Lincoln Red Imps, there were were no signings in there. You know, we were playing with Sadie Yanko at um, centre-half. Kevin's laughing because we had a wee discussion afterwards. Where, twice is, days, Paul. Why, where, where is in today's Paul? Why is Well, where he is now is Rotherham. So I think he's found his level, Kev. But um he's got a very good agent because he's had some tremendous moves in his time. But that is what we're seeing. We're seeing Brendan Rogers, Kevin, aren't we? Um having a look at every player. That he can. I mean, you, you know, when we look at the bench, we've even got an opportunity today, I hope, to see uh, Home coming in and making an appearance as well. We'll go through the bench in more detail as uh, the pre-match progresses. But I think Laura's right. He's just having a look at all the players. He's, he's thought to himself, you know, let's try Maeda through the middle whilst maybe kyogo has got a, a slight injury to his shoulder. Um, I, th- I guess the question would be, about the Forest Who plays where? I know Forrest can play up the left, can't he?
0: Yeah, that's it. I was reading that one between those two. When looking at the team, uh, I've got Abada on the right, Forrest on the left. He's done that before and I think he's just as effective on the left as he is on the right. And we saw how effective Abada was at linking up with Maida on Wednesday afternoon as well. So I think that's probably how those front three all line up. But yeah, to to kind of go back and what Laura's seen as well, I think, you know, spot on. Rodgers, he's come in, he's, he's given it, he's watched every game. It's probably not. He's probably watched quite a lot of them, but not every game. He's got an idea about every player and what their abilities are and what they can do. But he's seen that in a different system. Now he's wanting to fit them into his own. Um so yeah, I think I think as again, I'll go back to what kind of something that was saying yesterday or the day before. As fans, we've just got to be a bit patient with these games. It's about getting minutes in the legs and getting fitness levels up, getting that communication and understanding back which was sorely lacking in Wednesday's game. And that's what these games are all about. And then it's Rodgers looking and seeing how does everybody just fit into how he wants the team to play. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's what I look forward to about these games. And then, yeah, Stephen Welsh slowly morphing into this team's Owen O'Connell and getting these games at the start of the season before drifting out and being replaced by the proper first-teamers.
1: Well, O'Connell has now become today's uh, Yanko. Where is he now? Don't Google it. Tell us where he's playing his football. I have no idea. I've not looked at his career for a while. Um, He played for a while down south. Um, I think Brendan Rodgers has also spoken about the fact that the players were brought in. Now, are we able, Laura, to say that we're brought in four? We're just waiting for the two South Koreans to be announced. The players that were brought in, we you know, project signing has become something like a bad word. It shouldn't really be like that. Um, I think it's important for a club like Celtic to be buying young talent that you know what, they're not ready for the first team, but maybe in a season, a season and a half or two years they will be. And every so often you get someone who surprises you and they are ready and you didn't expect them to, to be at that level. So that that's fine, but it's only fine, Laura, if you supplement that and complement it with the kind of first picks, guys that you're gonna bring in who's gonna make a difference to that first team eleven.
2: Yeah, well, it was one of the big frustrations I had with <clears throat> with, with Ange leaving is, you know, we always talk about building from a position of strength and how we never do it. And this pre-season was the pre-season that I thought we really would do it. You can't blame Rodgers, I don't think, if that doesn't happen this pre-season because, um, like I said, he's he's new into the job and as much as he knows a lot about the club, um. Uh, the team he's been presented with is going to be different from, from the one that he left obviously so he has to get to know that but um, yeah I, I think this, the signings we've made hopefully will improve the squad it's hard to know without having seen Tillio and home on, on a regular basis and, and, and these new Korean players but like you say the target I, I would want to move away from and, and this is regardless some of the players I'll name here have served as greatly but and it's not a slight on them, but I would want to move away from the Aaron Moyes, the, the McCarthy's, the, the ones that come in to bolster the squad. You want somebody to come in and say to Kyogo, you better up your game because I'm actually good enough to take your shirt off you, or to say that to McGregor or to say that to somebody else, because a rising tide rises all ships, or whatever the phrase is, and I think they, I think having players come in and immediately push the best players in the squad to be better will not only, it'll kill two birds with one stone, it'll help improve the squad but it'll also in help, help improve the first team and obviously mm. it's difficult to do that without, without knowing you've got a guaranteed winner on your hands and bringing players from Australia and from Asia as we've been doing, that can never be a guarantee because culture's so different and football is so different but you know we've got enough data and evidence from over the past few years to suggest that if a player's good in those environments, they're going to be good in Scottish football and we have to we have to try and go with it.
1: Yeah, the next one that uh, it looks as though we are going to introduce to Scottish football, we spoke about him yesterday, Kevin, uh, Maik navroski I think that's the way he pronounce his name and hopefully I don't have to say that again um, because we'll know exactly uh, how to pronounce his name before you know it. He will become, I believe the fifth player that Celtic have signed from Ligia Warsaw. So today's teaser is, who are the other four? Five Ligia Warsaw players have signed for Celtic. I'm just going to see if between Laura and Kevin we can get the other four. Um, Kev, fire away.
0: Boric. Oh, wait, wait. Ivanovic. Um, Klamala.
1: If Klamala was signed by Ligia Warsaw... Then we've got more than five.
0: I'm not sure on him. Right. What about Dovcek or Dziakonovsky? Um,
1: Dovcek and Dziakonovsky ja- are both players that we signed from Elijah Warsaw. Where
2: did we get um, Zaravsky from? Who? Zaravsky. Magic.
1: I'm just checking because you, you guys are throwing big spanners into my question. <laughs> what, what you
2: mean
1: I Patrick Klamala. No, we signed him from... A bizarrely named side that wasn't Legia Warsaw, um, and the other one was uh, Zoraski, wasn't it? Because I was also thinking about Pawel Brozek. Remember him?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: He came in on loan um, to try and cement his place in the Polish international team, and he barely played. Zoraski <laughs> came in from Wisla Krakow. Wisla
0: Krakow. So, yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, there you go. I'm just now going to check Pawel Brozek to see if there's six. And people in that comment section will be tearing their hair out because they'll know the answer straight off the bat. Brozek came in on loan under Neil Lennon. Not somebody, came in from...
2: somebody in the comments has said Shuggy Edvaldson. I think he's getting mixed up there.
1: Yeah, it was Shuggy <laughs> Dufchek. Uh, Edvaldson came in from Iceland. And by the way, check out Edvaldson's... Um, story, right? Because his granddad was, um, you know, he was a, a war criminal and everything during World War II. Um, yes. His brother was an international footballer and done really, really well in Germany. And then his um, niece was an international gymnast or something for Iceland. It's an incredible story. One of those obscure footballers, Laura, that probably was book-worthy if you actually wrote the whole story. But yeah, yes. what we've got then is Boric, zaraski, Ducek, Jackie, and our new recruit. So there you go. Um, of the four, uh, there's a couple Speaking of uh, a cult book, icons in there. If you can get a copy of that,
2: by the way, guys. That's
1: like, not bad book, that. that about... no enough words in it, though. Is that one. Right? Right, that one? Too many, too many Why,
2: pictures. It's a picture book. I don't think the guy that wrote it really knew what he was doing, but it's a lovely book.
1: <laughs> I know, but um Aye. Super, by the way before we go any further what I want to do is I want to share with you, with you from time to time we talk about a bit of negativity that you get online and I think that that's just part and parcel of today's um, social environment unfortunately but you learn how to deal with that what we did get last night and I shared it with the group was a, a beautiful message, I can only I can only describe it as beautiful from uh, someone who might be tuning in today but he certainly does watch the Celtic State of Mind and his name is Finbar Foley now Finbar is a massive Celtic fan, he tunes into Axon We've got a beautiful email from him. I'm not going to tell you exactly what his personal circumstances are, but it is brilliant, Laura, to hear from people who listen to Axon and who appreciate it and get something from it. Big shout out to Finbar.
2: Yeah, uh, I just wanted to say a, a, a hello to him. I hope he's enjoying the show. I know that his uh, message will have been directed very much at the people who have been contributing to this show on a regular basis the last few months. Um uh, yeah, and without going into any detail, obviously, he expressed <clears throat> that he's going through things that I think a lot of us can identify with. Um, and just to everybody who's watching, um, it's probably worth saying that you know, we get a lot of nice messages from people talking about how much this podcast helped them through lockdown, helps them through. Uh, difficult periods in their life and I think I can speak for everybody on the podcast and say that we get as much out of doing it as, as they do from watching it um, and uh, I think it's you know far too often people say well football's just a game it's just just this just that it's it is a lot more than that and it means a lot more to people than that and I think the opportunity to come on here and speak with like-minded people about the game that you love and 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 in fact, to revel in something that you know doesn't really matter is the thing that makes it good. And you're I indulging think,
1: yourself, you're right, absolutely.
2: Yeah, um. And getting messages like that, uh, from somebody who's having a bit of a hard time of it, um, it, it's great to hear that you can help in a small way when you have some idea of what they're going through. So, um, I hope you're watching Finbar. If you're not, if you're watching on playback, uh, yeah, we all really appreciated that message.
1: We did. It was absolutely beautiful to receive that last night. And um, yeah, heartfelt thanks for sending it as well, because it gives us a a wee boost. And that's what the best part, I think, the live events um, is as well, is when people actually come up and say, listen, I've been listening to you from this time, or I listened to you through lockdown and I love the show and these things are great to hear, so thanks everybody for your support there's loads of folk in the comments and we're going to get some of the comments up, I'm going to go back to the defence first of all, Kevin McCluskey, Joe Hart had a bit of a, a shock rooney in the first half, um, as you would call it back in the 80s, uh, Starfelt didn't cover a cell uh, in glory and neither did Taylor, but all three of them start um, I think Awata played pretty well at right back. I was concerned about his overlapping capabilities. He was involved in the fourth goal. Sorry, the third goal. Um, and and I think that he did okay at right back. I, I'm interested to see how he performs today. Going back to Welsh, he's obviously stepping in for Kobayashi, who's injured. Welsh was on the list of 10 players that I would offload this preseason. Um, I give you my rationale on the blog. Check it out axom.net. Another one of those guys is starting in Turnbull. And a third of those 10 Um, is on his way to Wigan, who are managed, of course, by Sean Maloney. Liam Shaw is there for a a one-year loan, so he'll go away and get games. What do you make of the uh, defence, the structure of that defence? And um, as Laura said, Welsh comes back in. I don't think he's ever let us down, really, in a big way.
0: No, no. I think if you look at that defence, I know it's pre-season, but you want to play your strongest team as much as you can and get everyone up to speed. I think with the players available, that's the strongest back five we've got, if you include Hart in there as well. So there's no issues with that. Those boys will need to play. They'll need to, as I said before, get the minutes in the legs, but also get the minutes together because likely that will be the defence or the majority of the, the defence that starts the season for us. So they need to get the communication back up. So I'm happy with that being the back line. Um, I know Joe Hart made his mistake the other day. He also made a few pretty decent saves as well. Um, and you kind of, can kind I of come to expect it from Joe Hart in a way? He does have a mistake in him every now and again. And if he does it in a pre-season friendly match against Yokohama, I'm happy because that's hopefully got it out of the way. And when it comes to the big games, he's fully focused and he doesn't make that mistake. So I'm, I'm happy with the back line. I'm happy with the water actually at right back mm-hmm. because uh, I'd seen before that that's where he played a lot of his football At the beginning of his career, he actually made his debut for Japan in the Copa America, funnily enough, um, as a right-back. So he's got experience of playing there. He looked a lot more comfortable there than he did playing as Mm centre-back where he had last season. So as much as we're now, you know, we have the concern over Johnston and Ralston being out, Iwata might be somebody that could step up and be that auxiliary right-back that we need. So again, happy there. Starfelt and Taylor always going to play them if they're fit, really, at the moment. And Stevie Wells, yeah, I had my little dig at him, becoming the next Owen O'Connell. But you're right, when he comes in, he generally plays well. He's, his numbers are great when you look at them. You know, He's pretty solid in the air. His distribution on the ground is good. He's a player that absolutely needs to be playing 20 games a season, though, right now, to get the most out of his potential. Whether he'll do that with us, I doubt it, but I'm, I'm comfortable enough with him being in there for this game and getting the minutes under his belt so that come the first game of the season, if we need to play him, he's up to speed.
1: I think my take on Welsh was based on the fact that there was a trajectory um, when he first came in at the side that was going in the right direction, but then last season it dipped. So he, he made 24 appearances in Ange Borsicoglu's first season, followed by six appearances in the second season. And for a boy of his age... Um, you've got to play a lot more football than that. And I actually would argue that you need to play more than 20 games. I think you need to be playing 30, 40 games of football at that age. If you're playing at a level like Celtic, if you go to, if you make a step down, if you move from Celtic, you take a step down, you're probably looking to be a, a, you know, a first pick every week and play your 50 games. Um, so that was my take on Stephen Welsh. However, Brennan Rodgers might come in there and uh, see something in the player and think, well, no, I'm quite happy for you to be a backup. We're bringing in our fifth Legia Warsaw signing in the history of the club. I'm quite happy for you to be the backup and we'll run with what we've got. You know, Carter Vickers is going to be back soon enough and we'll run with what, what we've got once the new centre-half um, arrives as well. Uh, going into to the midfield then, um, I'm going to just bring this up from Stephen Sloan, always great to see in the comments Stephen, Osaka are 17 points behind Yokohama in the league so hopefully today's game won't be as tough, you know what, right I'm glad the other night was tough Laura I'm glad it was a test, I'm glad that it showed a few frailties that we've got what's I mean? What's the point in going out in, uh, as we used to do over in Bochum and all these different places when we used to go to the Netherlands and win 16-0 what's the point in that? Let's play the tough games. Let's get us ready. Let's get us, you know, oven ready for the, the first competitive game.
2: Yeah, I don't know I don't know what um Bayern Munich would have learned from winning 27 0 the other day, other than they're much better than a you know, a part-time team who just can't believe they're on the same pitch as Bayern Munich. So that's the thing about these games is it it there's a danger that if you like I, I was talking to my dad about the fact that Chelsea are... Play, I think Chelsea are playing Brighton or something like that in America. Mm. And I'm a little bit like... I get that they'll be playing against that team in the league in the season coming, but that to me screams of uh, a team just going and playing somewhere so that other people can watch them play um, rather than trying to learn something. And although there's an aspect to that, to what we're doing in Japan... We are playing against teams that I think are probably at least at a level with us in terms of um, their ability, if not a little bit higher than, well, certainly higher than the standard we'll be playing in Scotland. So, um, yeah, I think there's a lot to be said for playing against a decent standard of teams, um, putting out teams that you are going to learn something from rather than Mm. just an 11 who are fit and available um, and making sure that you are actually taking something away from every game. I, I get that they're friendlies and I get that there's financial benefits to them and commercial benefits to them, but ultimately the financial and commercial benefits mean nothing if you don't then transfer success into the season. So, um, yeah, I... I I think certainly we'll hopefully have learned defensive things from the game the other day, but the encouraging thing is as well that we were able to put the ball on the back of the net. So there's positives and negatives to take away from both games and hopefully we can see a little bit more of the latter today and a little bit less of the former. But I'll be keeping a very close eye on the defence specifically because there was a few performances uh, the other night from players who have been regular starters for us last season that I thought were very, very concerning, uh, Joe Hart being being the main one. But um, we've got time to sort these things out and that's what yeah. these situations are for. Uh, I really hope that even if we don't land this Lavakovic, uh from Croatia, which it doesn't look like we will, that we've got options C- uh, B, C and D uh, on the list because I think... You know Joe Hart at the age he's at, it's very all very well and good to say that he finished last season half decent, but there's a long time between now and the end of this season, and uh, it will be a lot closer to thirty seven than thirty six at that point. And um, yeah, I, I I can only see things going down downhill for him from here.
1: Yeah, he's still a spring chicken, Laura. Um, Owen O'Connell. Mm-hmm. Then you brought him up, Kevin. Who does he play with?
0: Ruxell
1: You've checked it. You, you said that, you, you were a bit sheepish when you said it, as if they say, listen, I know but it's not my mon- mon- own oh, hard work. Ryan no, I saw someone put it in the
0: comments. <laughs>
2: right.
0: Right.
1: So he's joined the Wrexham Revolution Has O'Connell, he's now 27 years of age and he spent time at Oldham, Cork, Walsall, Bury, Rochdale and Charlton before signing for Wrexham this year. Uh, I'm guessing it was a pre-season signing uh, although it may not have been because he's already played 15 league games for them. So yes, Owen O'Connell, If you're tuning in, I hope you're well, pal. We thought you were brilliant in the hoops. Right, midfield. Um, I don't want a backlash like we got from Osazi Urigidi when we were criticising him and he started following us on Twitter and I expected a DM. Thankfully, he then unfollowed us. McGregor, Tunball and Hatati make up the midfield. Kevin, I'm going to come to you then. Um, I thought Hatati was absolutely different level uh, the other day there. I think that he's a player who has progressed season on season. You get... You know, that trajectory I was talking about mm-hmm. uh, when I was uh, discussing Stephen Welsh, a lot of players hit that kind of peak. And then sometimes you think to yourself, if they don't move on, they might start going down the way. And that's what happens with a lot of players. Hatati has gone up and up. And on season three, it looks as though he's going to do that again. I know it's just a friendly. Um, but I'm really, you know, excited to see his progress this season. David Turnbull gets a run out. Um, he's a guy who made my list of players I think should move on. He did play some football last season, but a very much like Welsh, a lot less football than he did in Angie's first season. That was down to injury. That was down to us bringing in um, players in the January who who got first team experience and took it. They got an opportunity and they took it. But, you know, fair play to Rodgers. He said, well, Turnbull's come on, he's scored a goal, let's give you a game. How do you think he'll play, though? Do you think he'll be suited? We've spoken about uh, the fact that Brennan Rodgers has played with a number 10 in the past,
0: Kevin. Is Turnbull suited to that position? I don't think he is. I don't think he's suited to a 10. And I think if you look at Tate and you look at Turnbull, you've got the two polar opposites in terms of how they've developed over the last few years. Hatate has come in and every single season he's improved and he's improved I mean it looks like he's going to plateau he's kind of done that at the right times it's come at the end of the season or it's come going into the, the January uh, winter winter shutdowns yeah and then he just seems to go away and work on himself and he comes back bigger, faster, stronger every single time and he's done it again and I know Wednesday was just a pre-season game like you said but every time he got the ball he just had that wee bit of touch of class about him he did and, you could tell that something was going to come. His, his passing was, again, you know, old caveat, it was just a preseason game. He was playing in an environment, again, that he knows really well because he's, he's obviously come from the Japanese league. But he was just picking passes for fun. And he's one of those players, again, that you just look forward to um, for the coming season that you think he's going, to, he's going to really be a big player for us. Turnbull, how long has he been with us now? Three seasons, four seasons? he's not really improved. He's not kicked on and, and pushed on in that time, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, yeah. And I know, I know that he's had injury problems and I know Laura's going to shake out. Laura's head not having and it. Probably, we're probably going to fall out and we're going to have some sort of virtual punching match after this. Um, Who said virtual? You're coming in the flight over. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
0: but no, I just don't think he's, I just don't think he's improved. He came as a really promising young Scottish player and he hasn't kicked on as I say, I know he's had injuries, but he's had over a year to recover from his injuries and get back mm-hmm. in the challenge. And he hasn't managed to do it. He, he didn't really keep the last season. He was coming on 10, 15 minutes to go when games were won. So again, he'll be a player if you look at his numbers. He'll go so many goals, so many assists per minute and whatnot. He's looking really good. But he was doing it when games were won. He wasn't influencing games. And when he started... He was doing what my one of my favorites, Axabanovich, was doing in the of the game. So I think this is this is massive for him. But then, you know, be a bit positive. Could he be this this Rogers teams? Uh, Stuart Armstrong. The player who doesn't really have that much about his game in a way. But then Rogers just finds the one or two things that he is good at, focuses on them and makes him a player. You just never know. But at the moment, I see him being in there really to prove himself but also to put himself in the shop window that if it's not going to work out, he's at least got the minutes and he's at least shown something of what he can do. And he's got a good shot on him. So maybe somebody will take a punt on him.
1: Well, you know, the, your comparison, they are talking about shoot Armstrong. I think there are elements of Armstrong's game which are similar to, to Turnbull's. And one of those is the fact that he can pull something out of nothing from distance, which, you know, often when Celtic are playing, particularly in d- domestic games, where, you know, there's there's a real rigid defensive kind of strategy from the opposition, sometimes you just need to break the deadlock. And sometimes the only way to do that is by having a player like David Turnbull Stroke Stuart Armstrong in there, who can fire something in from twenty-five yards. Yeah, you know it might be deflected, but they're willing to take that opportunity. I remember Ryan Christie was another player who very much was like that. His accuracy wasn't great, as Colin Walk tell you, uh, but David Trumbull is that type of player. And I, I, I think he's got bags and bags of talent, Laura. I really do. I know you're a big fan. You've, you've been a big fan, um, at, you know, since he came to the club. I do think think he's got bags of talent. But like Welsh, if you're not playing regular football at his age, because there are, you know, yeah. co- you know contemporaries. If if you're not playing regular football at the age of Welsh and Turnbull, you've got to go somewhere else.
2: Yeah, I think um, I think everything Kevin raises is all valid points Ed, as far as. I still think he's a good player, but there's certainly not been the level of improvement that you would want. Um, I think he, perhaps in a different system, adds a little bit more, and I think maybe Ange's system didn't entirely suit him. But having said that, was it Ange's first season that he played pretty much as... was one of the highest appearance numbers in Ange's first season, and then he got that really bad injury And I actually think that's had a lot to do with why he's not been up to scratch. I think that injury has really um, done him him damage. But regardless of how we've got here, this is where we are. And I think he'll not be happy with the lack of football time. I think you've seen that in some of these celebrations when he's come on and scored goals. He's been looking a little bit deflated, that kind of thing he's he's getting to that point in his career in that age where he really should be hitting his peak and he's not going to want to spend that on the bench at Celtic for certain. Um I think he's better than going to back to a mother ball or going to another Scottish club. I think he could certainly do a job in the in the championship or the lower reaches of the Premier League. Um but the the six and a half a dozen or the catch twenty two of that situation is um he can only attract that interest if he's getting game time, and he's he's not getting the game time, so maybe he's not getting seen by the people he needs to get seen by. Um, and that's the other that's another thing that perhaps Rodgers is doing with this rotation and stuff. We talked about him trying to get to know what he's got and what he needs, but he's also maybe trying to establish what he doesn't need and and give those players an opportunity to to get an out to another club because I'm sure as much as he might not fit what we need anymore and he might not be exactly the highest standard of midfielder, which we've got, which I certainly don't think he is, he's certainly going to be more than good enough for, for a lot of clubs uh, that, that would be watching. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if he makes an exit before the start of the next season. And although I would be disappointed with it, I think circumstances being the way they are, it's entirely, entirely appropriate for both the club and for him.
1: There's loads of support. Every time you bring up Turnbull and the fact that I think he should move on for the betterment of his own career, like you say, Laura. And the fact that, you know, he has surplus to requirements. You've just got to look at his appearances last season. There are loads of people who come on and disagree with that. And they're, you know, they're big supporters of Turnbull. So I totally get that. And that's because he's a very talented player. You know what? I think his destination should be Italy. He should be looking at some of the young Scots who are going over there, Laura. He shares an agent with, with two or three of them actually, who have gone over to Italy. Um, And I think he would be brilliantly suited to Italian football. He would go over there. I mean, you look at what... Liam Henderson's been something, a a trailblazer over there. And um, fair play to the boy. You know what? He should never come back to Scottish football, Liam Henderson. He should stay out there, finish his career... Um, and I think that it, you know what a career it's been for the, the, the kids. so well done to everybody who does that and I think Turnbull's one of those players as well I can see that uh, we've actually overrun a wee bit and kickoff off has um, happened or it's about to happen, thanks everybody for getting involved on this pre-match bulletin, we will be back at half-time, it's great to welcome Laura back to the show as well as Kevin McCluskey, I'll be sitting at the Axon bar if anybody wants to join me it's a dry bar at the moment, but uh, plenty of room if you want to bring a carry out to watch the game um, if you know where we are Thank you, everybody, for getting involved. Thank you, Laura and Kevin, for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Network.